podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Nina Kowser Show. Oh my God, this is becoming a thankless task. Reds, what are you doing to me just when I get out? You pull me back in with all the stress. Finished one all at West Ham. Lots of talking points. Well, are there any real talking points? But just a real disappointing result performance. And now we've got to rely on Everton to maybe do us a favour. And we all know how that's going to go. Oh my giddy aunt, I can't breathe. But I'm going to try injecting some positivity. I'm going to try. It's going to be hard. I'm going to be honest with you. But I have two awesome guests. First up, making his debut um, on the Nina Kaza show this season and forever. Um, he's he's taken his joyology to, um, to down under in Australia. It is... Doctor of Joyology, Steve Gennaro. Steve, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Nina. I really appreciate it. I think today's the perfect day to have me as a guest because I'm, I'm here so. to shed some, some light on uh, on the situation. I know it feels awful. It absolutely feels awful, but it's actually not that bad. You know what? And this guy woke up to like he got up early doors to watch that game. It's probably eight thirty over there or something. And look at him, all that positivity. I'm gonna go to bed like a miserable cow. And joining Steve, I have him. Um, I don't know. He's gonna break it down tactically. I assume it's um somebody that I've had the pleasure of um, meeting a fair few times. It is Shri. Shri, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nina. Shortest tactic explanation. We have a fucking shit. <laughs> and the end, people. The end. No, seriously. Thank you, both of you, for coming on. We're going to try discussing this. There's plenty. I think we've got a fair few callers as well. We will go through how we're feeling in a, in a hot minute as well. But first, let's go to our callers. Our first caller live um, on Discord is Jamie, um, AI Pro subscriber. Jamie, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, hi guys, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, that was just awful, absolutely shit, wasn't it? I just don't know what to do, <laughs> really, from here, apart from just to hopefully go on to Bournemouth and we um, just move on as quickly as possible again, like the last game as well. But it's just, I don't know, you look at the team sheet, you see Adam Alana, I know um, you were speaking about before how he, he, he did, to be fair, he did, he did okay. Mm. But you kind of just get the sense when you see his name on there, and all the other, I think, well, all the fans aren't happy. I don't know, a part of me feels like the other players around him just see Lalana there and just think maybe it's just, I don't know, he's it's, it's not like, oh, it's just, I don't know, it sounds really harsh saying it about him that he brings other players down as well mentally, but that's just the perception I get just seeing it. And he, just, he tends to, he, I know he did the assist for the offside goal and that was all well and good, but other than that, there wasn't much from him, but or just a decision to loan out Klein is just looking just dumber and dumber each game we play because Milner can't play there, Henderson can't play there, um, and I just think I also think well, we should have started Camacho. Just why not give him a go and just see how he would fare? Because we've seen Milner got a red card against Zaha, Henderson was awful. I didn't even know he was injured today, but he was awful against Leicester. So. 
you've, uh, I just I don't really know what to say now. It's just it's just it's just crap. So um, yeah, yeah. Really, it's just not good, is it? No, it's not. And um, you know, I'll, I'll yeah, I think you've made some good discussion points there, which I'll bring up with um, my um, with the esteemed panel. But I think another thing as well. I think a lot of it just comes from deep rooted frustration, right? We were in, we were in control of this. You know, we could have gone seven points not, clear not against Leicester. Yeah, we could have gone. We could have gone ten mm-hmm. points clear against them. Mm-hmm. We played them back in. in- December, January, yeah. was it early January? I actually said off air, actually, and a lot of people gave me a lot of stick for being absolutely furious with that. Well, not been not played well since. Ten points clear. It, mm. it's, it, obviously, it's only halfway through the season, so you can't say it would have been done. But the, just the psychological factor of being double figures away is just absolutely massive, especially when they're so strong as well. You get it down to six points, you get it down to four. It did go up to five, after, obviously, after Leicester, but now it's down to three points. And their goal difference is back up quite high as well now. So they're going to obviously beat Everton on Wednesday. And then they're going to go ahead of us in goal difference. And then, then it's, they're, they're playing Chelsea. We've got Bournemouth. So you'd like to think at the end of, after Sunday, whenever their game is, is it on Sunday, I think, when they play. So it after is, their yeah. game on Sunday, you'd like to think that we should still um, will have that three-point advantage still. But at the end of the day, three points is nothing. There's going to be 11 games left after Sunday, I think, now. So it's literally... And, and we we all know we're, <clears throat> our squad is, is just threadbare, isn't it? We've got, we're relying on... If we're starting players like Lana, relying on players like Origi coming off the bench and stuff, like, it's just... Compared to them, they've got Gabby Jesus to bring off the bench. They've got Mares on their bench. They've got... They're just absolutely loaded in every single position where we've got three or four injuries at the moment, especially at right back, centre back with uh, Trent and Joe Gomez out. We're just, it's, it, I was saying this to my brother watching the game. It was like, it was like watching today, watching the team today reminded me of when Klopp first took over and we were watching people like Ben Teke playing, even like, not as bad, but just all the, the, the fact that they was just all disjointed. Like there was no, Cohesion between midfield and attack. Roberto Firmino was like just, mm. it just was awful. Um, Naby was trying like really hard, and he's currently like the scapegoat amongst our fan base, which I don't agree with. But he was, it was like he was trying too hard, even though some of it was coming off from his end. But when the passes were being received from from him, no one was doing anything with it. Robertson had a, a really weird game. Um, it's just I don't know since he signed that five year deal it, last little game against Leicester and today Robertson was too, well everyone was totally off it but him he caught like my eye of just being not with it but I don't know it's just you can just tell can't you as soon as that lineups announced you've got Milner's played back at right back you've got Matip who's every he's, he's always a bit up and down Lallana obviously in midfield as I mentioned before and then mm-hmm. we're still sort of in between. The formation was as well. We don't know what we're doing. It's either four two three one or four three three. Today we were kind of switching between the two without actually knowing what we were doing. So that was also something that was really frustrating. And, and obviously Mo Mo doesn't know whether to go be on the right wing or up front. We're not getting the right ball to him, and he's our key difference. He's going to be the difference in our team, like Mo Sellers. And we're not giving him the right service. He had that one. He had that a really. Quite a really good looking run he had near the end, but um, we just obviously the keeper saved it really early. We were making like we were getting in good positions and then like literally floating the ball to um Fabianski. Mm-hmm. And he was 
But then as well, they should they should have. Let's be honest, they should they should have probably won that game. Well, it should be three 0 because our goal was offside. We should, Jamie. I think you've made some really, really good points there. And yeah. if I let you carry on, there won't be a show because you yeah, will sorry. take all the talking points. No, it's great for you to get it off the chest. But what I'm going to do is um, I listen to you. You made some very good points. And I think a lot of people will agree. A lot of the listeners will agree as well. I'm sure my panel will agree. Yeah. But I think the deep-rooted frustration and a lot of frustration is, um, I'm going to come to Steve on this. Steve, I need some joyology. Obviously, you've heard what Jamie said there. And I think a lot of it has come down to um, Liverpool are not playing well. And at the beginning of the season, Liverpool weren't playing well, but they were winning. Like the dogged result against, say, Huddersfield, you know, winning 1-0. We have a few at that, but we won 1-0. I think the problem right now is, Steve, and I want to get your thoughts on this, I think... I think there's too many players not having the best of games. It's like the worst time for injuries and players sort of going off the boil. I want to get your thoughts on this. We've only lost one game the whole season, right? <laughs> it is... It is February, and we have lost one match the entire season. I think that that's, that's the, the joyology point. Okay, if you want to look over your shoulder at City, if you want to keep looking at what, where City is and what City is doing, you're going to drive yourself crazy because that City team is fantastic, and they are having a fantastic season. It's only, honestly, because we played well above our level for the first three months that we find ourselves in this position right now. So even if we come back to what is where we're supposed to be. We're still in a position where we control our own destiny. So if you want to look over your shoulder at City, you're going to be scared and you're going to be worried and you're going to be hurting yourself continually until the end of the season because it will come down right to the end because City is going to end the season extremely strong, but we will as well. I mean, again, just a little bit of perspective. One match, one loss, the entire season with what, a dozen games to go. I think that is the best possible scenario we could ever ask for if we're realistic Liverpool supporters, and that's where we are right now. So, I mean, that's the positive. The negatives, you, you, they've already been listed. You've heard them all. We know them all. You know, we're not playing at the level we were playing at just six weeks ago. But six weeks ago, we were playing at a level where we were undefeated and we were smashing every team we came up against. That was not sustainable across an entire season. So there were going to be blips. Yes, there's a little bit of fitness issue. We have a few injuries. People are concerned about certain players being loaned out or played out of position. Or Lalana even starting. Okay, fine, so be it. But you know what? To get through an entire season, unless you are a club like Manchester City, who has endless amounts of money and spends endless amounts of money and is deep in every single position, you require a little bit of wizardry along the way from your manager to find you results in games you don't deserve results. Let's be very clear here. We want Liverpool to win. We're upset that they, that they did not win today. But somehow... They managed to get a draw out of a match that they didn't deserve a single point from for the second match in a row. So, I mean, that, that's certainly the positive to take from there. And again, I know the, the point number dwindles, the goal differential dwindles, and City is right there breathing down our necks. But, again, only one loss so far, and the remainder of the season, is, it's ours to determine our own fate. Klopp and, that, and, and, and the boys in, in the dressing room with him, they will determine their own fate. If they keep playing like this, their fate will not be uh, champion, uh, uh, winners of Champions League or to win the Premier League if they keep playing like this. So they need to turn the corner. But, I mean, are we going to continue to go streaks of games with, with Bobby Firmino uh, you know, being held off the score sheet and, and, and uh, you know, not being a difference maker? Are we going to continue to go games without you know, Salah uh, you know, netting clear chances? Or even Origi, who gets one read or whatever in the, in the 88th minute, 
clear cut, wide in front of the keeper. You know, are, are we going to continue to miss those types of sitters? No. And are we going to continue to concede horrible goals like the one we conceded against Leicester the other day off a set piece and the one today off of a set piece? No. Those those trends will also, again, regress back to the mean. that Normalcy will return. We just have to steady the ship through the waves. And right now it's a wavy time. Okay, well, thank you, Steve. And Shri, I'm going to come to you. Um, Joey Connors there said the, the loss to City changed this team. I want to get your thoughts on. Um, the, I want to get your response to Steve Gennaro as well because um, you know he's speaking about that one loss and it was to Manchester City and we have we have like kind of dwindled a little and we have been quite unfortunate with injuries and you know he and Steve kind of said there that you know we will kind of. Uh, get the normal Liverpool back of this season. But, like, if you look at the goals that we're conceding, we've been terrible on set pieces again, sloppy goals conceded. Um, It's almost like the Liverpool of maybe two, three seasons ago at the moment. They've morphed into that. It's actually quite unpleasant to watch, um, naturally, as a Liverpool supporter. I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, Is it as bad as you think? And, you know, the team that is literally breathing down our neck is, you know, vastly superior to ours. Let's not, you know, dress it up. Which is why I think people are stressed out. I think, Nina, I think it's not about the one loss. Let's take, I know it's a very, very simple sign. It's it's in hindsight, it may be biased. But City lost. And then we didn't capitalize. We got mm-hmm. a draw. Then City yeah. won. Then we drew again. City lost a game. Liverpool didn't lose a game in this two-game two rolling, whatever the rolling period, two games. But City still gained a point on us. So it's not about the losses. We aren't winning enough. And ultimately, you mm. need to win these games. You, If you draw away at top six, okay, you can get through it. But you cannot afford dropping points at home against Leicester. You cannot drop points against West Ham away from home. That's it. It's, so City might lose. But when they go at it, they win it. They win far more games than they would draw. The proportion is like, there's no... No debate about the proportion. So that's what I think we weren't clinical enough. And I think, I don't know, I think the injuries, I'm trying to still think about reasons why we have dropped off. Okay, injuries might be an easy, like on a surface level symptom, but what's happened? We have had players come in, but what's changed? The front three have played every game. We have have had midfield to put out. And we have had this same midfield the whole season, obviously. Whole of the season, Nina, we've heard people come, why is Henderson playing? Why is Wijnaldum playing? But we got points. And the same players are almost playing. If Keita is indeed an upgrade and he's playing, we haven't won. That's about it. It's not like we have lost players who we had in the start of the season. We still have the same midfield. Our front three are still playing. Defense Robertson is still playing. Van Dijk is still playing. I think I'm only trying to think about what possibilities. And my this is obviously, Nina, I have no scientific evidence of this. But what my initial or gut feeling, at least in the last few games, is the lack of Gomez and Trent has mm. meant that we have lost pace yeah. more than anything. And if we have lost pace, we can't stay that high. The defense cannot stay high, which means that the gap between the midfield and defense has started opening up. And it's, we, as you said, initially we started scraping through. We didn't play well, but we still won because the defense was solid. And more than solid, I would say this. The positioning was so watertight. Basically, we just snuffed out the opposition with just the ball. We kept on winning the ball back from high on defense. Or, Nina, you might remember, we have talked this before. How many times did we catch teams offside? We mm. just, as a routine, we used to catch them offside. Now, yeah. it's very rare to see because I have a, 
feeling to compensate for the lack of space of say Matip, Milner or Henderson, we have dropped deeper and the midfield hasn't compensated. The goalkeeper so, doesn't like it as well. I can tell. Yeah, the and, 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 and the counter, if you see, there's, it's not a coincidence. Suddenly teams are counter-attacking us. The transition is like getting dangerous for us because we have no pace. We have no pace to either step up or even if we step up to run behind and make up make up ground on it. And that is the only thing I can put forward. The whole but team Shree, is suffering because just due to lack of pace. I, I, I think that's a really good point. Tactically, I think you're very astute and I think you're right on. But also, if we look at the last two games, not like uh, Leicester or West Ham have, have created uh, a multiplicity, that's not even a word, but a multiplicity of chances against Liverpool, like clear-cut chances where they've exposed us because of that lack of speed. I mean, both the both the goals were, you know, offset pieces and they were really not very good. Outside of that, there hasn't, there hasn't really been anywhere in open play where where we really have sure. been exposed because of that. Even in set pieces, whole season we have defended zonal marking. So it's not suddenly we have not suddenly we have not it's not like we have forgotten how to defend we are still defending the same setup it's just that the high line is just not possible and once we start deeper in a zonal line you are giving the opposition to make a run on you because you are at a stand standing position while the opposition gets a run at you and it's always risk we have seen when we are in a high line we are running towards our own goal and the opposition is running to our own goal both of us have ability so both of our both uh, the defense and the attack is on the run with Virgil van Dijk's aerial ability and Gomez's solid ability, we were able to win balls. But now we are in a standing position. We can't win anything. And again, it's again it's no coincidence. Suddenly, we have turned shit. I think there was stat even a few games ago that we didn't concede even a single goal of a set piece. And now every set piece almost feels like the Brendan Rodgers era. You are shitting your pants off. <laughs> and we gave then, a lot of set pieces away today as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want... And that's again, we are struggling to keep up pace, we are conceding set pieces and then we can't defend set pieces because we are, we are doing the same system but we don't have the same players and there is I would say it's been just a lack of adjustment just the games have kept coming so thick and fast, we had the break, I don't know if the break did us good or bad though, to be fair we went for warm weather training, I have no idea what it's done, but yeah we've had a lot of games Nina where the tempo has been so slow but our defense have been solid. You knew you had a chance. You scored once. We were sure. Okay, the game is done. It was almost like the Mourinho's first season at Chelsea. You would score once and then you'd know the result is done. And our defense was at that elite level. But now the worry is we aren't defending that well. We still have most of the same players. But the way we defend us, I think it's going to be a struggle till we get some pace back in the defense. Okay. Um... Thank you for that, both of you. Jamie, thank you so much for your call. Oh, no, no worries. Thank you. No, really enjoyed, um, uh, you know, your whole, um, uh, you can host my show for me if you want. You know, on, on days like this, you're more than welcome to Jamie. Really appreciate that. But don't let oh, it get no you worries. down. It's definitely we'll have better luck on um, Saturday anyway. So, yeah, hopefully um, things turn back around in our favour more. But, yeah, thank you for having me on. No, it's a pleasure, Jamie. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're going to move on to our second caller in a minute. But um, Greg has just put something in um, from Klopp on Sky. He says, not our best performance. We had good moments. They scored and it's a deserved draw. Klopp was adamant. Ref knew from halftime he made a mistake with the offside. As such, gave West Ham so many things. Blaming the ref there. 
trained yesterday for a plan and formation, then late injuries changed that. Okay, so obviously talking about Ginny Wijnaldum and Henderson obviously being left out. We changed three positions due to injury and that cost us at set pieces also. So he's addressing why we were weak on set pieces. We knew about the routine from the goal. They blocked and these things happen. I don't see any nerves in the players. A couple didn't perform at the highest level, but these things happen. Okay, so in the meantime, I think Tadiva should be joining us. Tadiva, you there? Hey, Nilam. How are you? Oh, don't. I, <laughs> I have nothing to say to quote Jose Mourinho. Oh, God. Please talk to me, Tadiva. What are your takeaways from that? Um, you, you mentioned Jose Mourinho there, funny enough. He landed um, on his I, ass today. <laughs> I saw that. I saw, saw the highlight of that. I'm such but a child. I think, I think Klopp is probably maybe slightly tapping into that Jose Mourinho mindset of trying to take away as much from the focus the on the performance mm-hmm. and, and surrounding the, the, the results around anything but what happened on the pitch. But um, maybe if I could take this from a different perspective, um, maybe I'll ask the question, then you can throw it at the panel and for yourself as well, and then I can jump in at the end. But I wanted to inquire, you know, um, I, I mentioned in one of the pods at the beginning of the season that one of our biggest issues was going to be mental toughness and handling, you know, the mental side of a, of a title challenging team or being a title challenging team. And we saw, um, especially in that Leicester game last week, how the crowd got on the players quite early on in the game because, you know, we weren't winning or we weren't in the positions we're so used to being at home. And then obviously this game comes straight after that. The pressures on City have just won um, resoundingly as well against Arsenal, who maybe some would have thought could have snuck a, get, snuck a, a, a result from them. Um City's players, if you look at their squad, it's littered with champions and it's littered with players, obviously, that are used to being in this position, in this title race. Do you think, as a club, we've gotten to that level? Not just necessarily the players, but also um, the the fans as well. You know, title races aren't fun. You're expected to win every single game in the season. That's what title challenges are. So the intensity of that type of environment is so so crucial to be able to grasp that. Do, do you think, uh, personally, I'd, um, obviously I'll, I'll throw my thoughts afterwards, but maybe throw it to you guys. Do, do you think we've got the mental side of the game quite yet? And if not, how do we fix that between now and the end of the season? It's an absolutely great question. And I actually do remember you staying on, on my show as well and having that conversation with you. Steve, I'm going to come to you first because... I remember under Brendan Rodgers when we had that, you know, title challenge in 13-14 and I believe he had a, a psychologist working very closely with the players trying to keep them in check. You have a guy like Jurgen Klopp who is essentially like the 12th man, you know, on the touchline. I think he is the kind of man that becomes a friend, kind of nurtures, probably don't need a psychologist, probably thinks he could do all that work himself. But we are talking about a Man City team that has been accustomed to winning the league and you know some of the players have won it more than two two three times in like you know your Vincent companies and Agueros and David Silvers and those kind of players and you know and also just um you know let's be honest they are a better you know 
they are a better squad in terms of the strength and depth that they have. And this is obviously something very new for this Liverpool side. Granted that they have made finals and the team has changed. Of course, we made the Europa, uh, the Europa League final. We made the Capital One Cup, but that squad has been somewhat massively dismantled. Jurgen Klopp brought new players in. They made the Champions League final last season, but this is a very different ball game because this is week in, week out, dealing with that pressure. When it's a cup competition, it's a different kind of pressure, right? Because you can have two weeks off from it and you're back on the league. This is intense all the time. I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think they've got enough to deal with it or can deal with it? It's it's a it's an absolutely great point, actually. One that I thought about a fair bit. When we were talking before about sort of Man City breathing down your necks and looking over your shoulder and driving yourself crazy as a fan or as a supporter in that same process. It's the same for the players, too. Uh, you know, Man City, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're champions. They're killers. They're hunters. And, and when you're hunting, you're, you have a different mentality than when you're being hunted. And I feel like that might be kind of what's going on with Liverpool right now. The, the, the part that's upset me over the last two matches, and I do get upset as well with the club, don't worry. It's not all uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows. But the part that's upset me the last couple matches is there's a, almost there's a lack of urgency in this team, I feel like. There's a lot, and, and when we were on top and we were running teams over, one goal was never enough. Two goals was never enough. I mean, there was always the urgency and the hunger for more, for more, for more. In each of the last two matches, we've, we've gone up a goal and then conceded and really looked like we, we lacked the ability to, to take the game back after that point. And that's the part that, you know, concerns me. I feel like mentally we've, we've shifted from, from being hunters of the title, being, and, and we did that in a very loose way, you know, because Jurgen is loose and the players are loose and this club is, you know, at, at least in, in the clubhouse or the dressing room, appears to be very loose. And now all of a sudden feeling, uh, you know, at least they're playing, in my opinion, very tight. They're not playing the same loose, free-flowing football they are playing before. And they're not playing with the same sense of urgency and hunger that was there before. And to get across the finish line and win, the title to win the league, they are going to need to be like champions. You know, if you if you're a if you're a six out of ten guy, looking guy like me, I'm not a ten out of ten. I'm a six out of ten. Okay, all right. I'd give you an eight personally because you uh, remind me of Cannavaro. <laughs> my, my, and Andre Agassi. If Cannavaro <laughs> and Andre Agassi had a baby, Doctor Joyology, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, 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 but my wife's a ten. So if I walked around with my wife feeling like I'm a six and I don't deserve it, I'd give her an eleven. Sorry, I'm yeah, rating, I'm rating couples right now because I do not want to rate the team. <laughs> <laughs> but if, but if I walk around feeling like I'm a six and I don't deserve that ten, you know what's going to happen? A ten's going to walk by and take my ten away. And right yeah. now, Liverpool, we got to play like we're a 10, regardless of whether or not we got whatever Robinson, who's not playing as well since he signed the deal, or we're throwing out Lalana, who, who's lucky to be a 6, or we're, we're putting Milner back in it right back, or whatever it may be. But listen, you know, it, the, the sum of the parts is what matters right now. We're a team in a position to win the title. But, we, but first and foremost, the players have to believe that they're the winners. The manager has to believe that they can be winners. And, I, and, and you know, Jurgen hasn't won a lot as a manager. Uh, you know, for, for all the praise of Jurgen Klopp, mm. he, hasn't, he hasn't won a lot. The players themselves haven't won a lot. And let's face it, our fan base, our supporters right now, we are a fragile group. We have not won trophies in a long time. And we are actually scared of losing the trophy more than we are, I think, prepared to actually win it. And I think that everything's got to change for us to take it across the finish line. And that includes the supporters both at home and abroad. 
Interesting point. And uh, Shri, I'm going to come to you because I think, you know, Steve made a very good point there. It's almost like David versus Goliath. The team that's breathing down your neck is obviously, you know, a monster, a giant, a hunter, as he, as Steve said. And, uh, you know, when Liverpool were playing so, so well, they were, they were being sort of, um, sort of doing the chasing rather than, you know, being the hunter. So I want to get your thoughts on this. And also, um, it's also worth noting as well. The tw- I'm sure they read things in the press and the 29 years of not winning the league and stuff and having that on your shoulder and having Jurgen Klopp saying, oh, well, he's lost all these finals, he's not won every- anything. As much as he tries keeping that pressure at bay, it must, I'm sorry, the human, it must creep in. And obviously the fan anxiety as well at Anfield. I want to get your thoughts too. Your your thoughts on uh, Liverpool and dealing with the mental pressure of um, a champion, um, trying to become champions and, of course, what Steve said there. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. so Steve was hitting such a crescendo, I was hoping against hope that he would close by saying doubt, turn doubters into believers. That was the only line missing there. But he <laughs> said a- practically everything else from the first interview. And which is fair point. I, I, th- I, I think the winning belief comes only by winning. I, I know it's such a cliche, but we are just not used to winning. So if you, if you <laughs> ask, so Nina, you have asked me, remember we were on top and every... Every call, you will, people were talking, can we become champions? And I would just say, next game. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't believe it. I've just not seen us win. There's no trend for me to... How do I know whether we'll win? I've never seen them do it. So I can only say, okay, we have won this game. Let's go at the next game. That's the only thing I can think about. And and I think that's the fair point. I, I don't know about place because this is something we talked, remember, even about Rafa's teams. Great at cup competitions, great tactically in cup competitions, knocking out. But just to do it week in, week out, dealing with different teams, different tactics, different environments, week in, week out, whether the players can do it. There were players in the team who went on to other teams and did it. So, Zabi Alonso, win, win here, serial winner everywhere else. We have had players who have gone on and done it. So, I don't know if players are to be... Uh, players' mentality, because I'm obviously I'm nowhere near the right person to comment about whether they have the mentality. Is it an issue? Definitely. How big an issue? I don't know. But I think what's more interesting, maybe this is a question even to Tadiva, uh, since he's raised this question. I think this whole setup is a kind of something we are all, none of us are, not only as Liverpool fans, but generally in football in the Premier League in the last few seasons, not used to. Because Nina, you would have read. We are usually better as the underdogs. That's one comment you would have definitely seen. Mm-hmm. We are not used to being the lead and we we do well if we are chasing. Though the first half of the season, we were practically, we were neck and neck. We were in the lead. We built up the lead. So, it's I don't know how true it is. I'd also yeah. argue as well, some of the best managers we've had over the years, i.e. like your Rafa Bates and now Jurgen Klopp, They've been very much cup managers, like, uh, you right. know, Rafa felt short in the league as well. Um, so this yes. is quite a challenge in itself as well. The sustainability Correct. of trying to win a league. Correct. No, that is, that's what the Rafa's team is, big, brings an immediate comparison. But mm. in terms of, obviously, can we do it leading consistently, setting the pace? That is something we have not seen our teams do yet. Obviously, Rafa had a chance and then we, remember, we had the same sequence of a set of draws. And United caught up. So, but the other thing which is going to be interesting, not from a Liverpool point of view, is Guardiola's teams have been used to wrapping up the league by Feb. They have never been in a chase. City have it's never been a in a point. chase. 
I think, the, la- I think the last time they tussled was obviously the first time they won it because I believe they had Correct. a health and then they dropped it, right? Um, they and dropped then, it. But yeah. after, the, after see, see, see Guardiola, what happened? Barcelona won the league by December, Jan. Then his later years, what happened? No competition. Feb, March, knocked out of Champions League. Bayern Munich won the league by Jan. No competition, knocked out by Feb, March. Last season, won the league, again knocked out by Liverpool. Happened. Every time they have set the pace. So it's also going to be interesting to see how the City do as part of a chase pack. It's a good show. Never, mm. never seen City do it. I'm not saying they won't do it. It's, it's similar to Liverpool. We have not seen us being the leader of the pack. Similarly, we have not seen City do. For all you know, City have dropped more points because they are not used to being in a chase pack. They are also under pressure. It's something we have not thought about. Last uh, season, they lost, what, one, I'm, one I'm game with you, or so? I'm actually with you, Tree. I think that if they... We, we've all been saying, that's it. They're never going to lose any more points. And then they go and lose to Newcastle. So now everybody far more number of games this yeah. season. So if you, if people are now saying they don't look like they're going to lose points, just wait until it happens again. They will drop points. We are dropping because, points. They will because, drop points. Spurs will drop points. Because there is no space. See, Gags, what has happened by Jan? They would have so much of a buffer. They usually focus on Champions League. They can afford to drop points. Here, there is no scope of dropping points. You have to win every game. And City have been never in a situation that they have to win every game. So it's basically, what what you're saying is, um, uh, Liverpool will be pushed. There might be parallels to um, the first time City won the league. So basically, last day of last game of the season against Wolves, I, um, not, Martin Tyler not, is going to have to scream <laughs> Fabinho and Liverpool is champion. <laughs> That's what I'm saying because both teams are now in such an unnatural space. I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. <laughs> We're in the fucking upside down. Let me bring Tadeva in. He's probably listened patiently and he's a man of many opinions. So I'm going to bring him in. Tadeva, you've heard what the lads have said. We've all had a little input. Gads is agreeing as well. I want to get your thoughts. What do you make of, of what they said? And I want to get your thoughts on this as well because I know you probably have a few opinions on this. Yeah, it's been interesting to to hear the lads speaking and I, I thought they, they summed up their points really well. Um, maybe I can start off by something that you mentioned, Nina, when you mentioned the David and Goliath analogy. I think in that scenario, if we, you know, if we look at it biblically, biblically, um, remember David went into that, you know, scenario where it was an, an ob, um, impossible ob- obstacle in front of him. And he believed, he didn't have any doubt. He believed what was in him was better than what was in front of him. You know what I mean? He had that mindset of, I don't care what this obstacle is. What I have within me is far bigger than what, what, you know, what everyone is seeing. And it's similar to Liverpool where the whole world is seeing this Manchester City juggernaut, which is, we can all admit, the best team in the league at the moment in terms of assembled squads. They are the biggest squad, the best squad in terms of quality. But we have that, we have to have that David mentality of, Yes, they may be physically the better team, but what we have inside of us, the history of Liverpool as a football club, the closeness that we have with the the fans and the players compared to City who can't even fill a stadium for cup finals, you know, those type of things need to spur you on and give you that confidence that what we have is far better. You know what I mean? On a side note, has anyone seen that Baby Shark video that their fans have done? No, I, I skipped past it. I, 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 I saw it. On Check the it out. It is literally, it's embarrassing. Like, 
It's embarrassing. They don't deserve to be champions based on that video. Their fans don't deserve it. They don't deserve nice things. <laughs> they do try build atmosphere, but shame. It, it always backfires for them, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's that type of thing. And then also, we, you know, uh, every one of you guys have mentioned the, you know, how our teams have been built for cup games and, and cup tournaments and stuff like that. But I think this was part of the point that I was making in the sense of if you look at all of those cup runs and those, you know, those famous cup runs that we've had, even going back to the Rafa Benitez one, were we ever favorites in any of those cup runs? If you look at that, the AC Milan team that we played in the final, leading up to the final, they were the favorites. You know of what course. I mean? They were the ones to go and win that cup final. The Seardorfs, the, Pier, um, the Pierlos, the um, Kakas, you know, they, they had a ridiculous team. We were the underdogs going in there with nothing to lose. Same thing if you look at this past previous um, cup run in the Champions League. No one gave Liverpool a shot. Even against Man City, it, it was a foregone conclusion for many that we were never going to win that. So we were the underdogs with nothing to lose. That's a completely different mentality to being in the league where, okay, we start the season, City were going, they had already won the league before the season started. It was a foregone conclusion. Then Liverpool, obviously in that underdog state, which is that same mentality in inverted commas, if I can bracket it that way, as those cup runs where no one's really giving you that big a chance of overhauling them. Maybe you could do it, but not really, right? We get into top spot. Now we're playing City. We could go 10 points ahead. Now you can see how everyone's shifted in terms of Liverpool are now in inverted commas, the favorites. You could see the bookies and everything. You could, the moment you knew Liverpool were favorites was when the newspaper started bringing up little stories that made no sense to try and discredit Liverpool, just to try and bring them down. That's when you knew everyone was scared that, okay, Liverpool could actually do it, which means now the mentality's changed to Liverpool are no longer the underdogs chasing. We are now the, the leaders and everyone's chasing up us. And that's a, that's a mentality our club over the past maybe 20, 25, 26 years, arguably, have never been in. So it's not just a matter of this is a Klopp issue. This is a, an institutional issue for the last 25 years. We've never been the club that's the favorite to win something. And something changed in that. I think there's period. a power shift in that, Tadiva. I think now the media are already saying that Liverpool are throwing it away. They said it against Leicester. And I think now all pressure will be back on Manchester City. Like, I think now the media have decided that Liverpool are bottle jobs. And I think that kind of suits us. Maybe we don't like the pressure. Maybe we don't perform well under that kind of pressure. Maybe now the heat is back under um, Pep Guardiola's seat. And I can deal with that having a three-point lead. Take it. Having a three-point lead and being the underdogs is yeah. probably the best position we could be in because we have at least a precedent of doing well when we're the underdog. We don't have a precedent of doing mm-hmm. well when we're the favorites. So having that three-point gap and being the underdogs, and you could probably see Klopp sitting in the dressing room saying, are you, are you guys going to allow them to prove you guys are bottle jobs? You know what I mean? It, it's, it's definitely going to light a fire under our players and hopefully they can carry that out. And it will be interesting for me, this league season is the mental side of it is now key for me. Playing style, you know, injuries, that type of thing. You, you, 
it's it's risk factors that obviously we could spend the whole evening talking about. But how each team handles the mental side of the game, I think, is going to be really key. For sure. Well, Tadiva, thank you so much for that. Um, uh, really good question. Um, I liked your ending that, you know, let's hope the pressure is back on Manchester City. But thank you so much for calling. Cheers, guys. Have a good show. You too. Have, um, have a good week. Try to anyway. It's hard. I know. Okay, people. So that was Tadiva. Gags, anything in the comments that have, uh, you know, tickled your fancy? That's your job, not mine. Uh, Harinda Baji, uh, <laughs> no, he didn't say anything actually. He was just talking about my joke. Uh, Stiggy says we need a good result, Anfield, now to get, uh, belief back. Let's go again. I'm with you, with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie, who called in, uh, also said lots of fundamental problems carrying too many average players. He labeled them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no defense. He said it all. That's it. All of it, all of it just covered by, uh, Jamie. Exactly what yeah, he said. We don't need to cover the game. That's why we're, we're dancing around <laughs> it now. Covered it all, we can't um, add any more Rupi, Rupi said we have a lot of injury-prone players, which really doesn't help. Lovren, Hendel, Alana, Matip and Gomez. I think we should we should talk about Lalana, and uh, I wonder if your next caller will, because it was some fantastic skill for the first goal, even though it was offside. Uh, magical feet, magical feet. Okay, so my next caller, let's bring him in. He's a bit of a familiar voice on the Nick Alza show. A warm welcome to Rohan. I always think of Lord of the Rings. Hi, hey guys. Sorry, I wasn't expecting to be next. Gags never mentioned anything. <laughs> yeah, we just we like to keep you on your toes, you know, like just right. That's it. You're getting thrown into the deep end. Well, welcome back, Rowan. Um, want to get your thoughts? What What would you like to discuss with the panel? You are joined by Steve Gennaro and Shrikant. Hey guys. So a couple, a few of my sort of comments have really been covered. So I'm just gonna have a bit of a rant. I think I've. I've got sort of two, two, you know, one foot in each camp, the positive and the negative. And I'll probably start with the positive first. My thing is that, you know, I never expected to go the rest of the season unbeaten or not to drop any points. So we've got to keep it in perspective a little bit, I think. There's, you know, our fan base do make me laugh sometimes and, and it's understandable. But, you know, some of the, 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 the hate or rate or rate don't hate. Um, chat room, a couple of the players got ones, which is shocking. We We drew the game. We never got beat for um yeah we didn't perform today um <clears throat> and i think for me i'm looking at the players but i'm also looking at Klopp as well and this comes back to my broken record thing where i just the 11 players we have and i get confused because everyone says you know we can't bring in players that are just going to sit on the bench and I, and I always sort of want to debate that in the fact that we're not bringing in players to sit on the bench. We're bringing in players that we can come on and change the game. And that mm. could be Salah on the bench. That could be somebody else. And I'm not going to go on about it because I, I think every time I've been on, I've mentioned it. Um, so that's kind of like my positive thing is that, you know, no, nobody can expect it to go the rest of the season without dropping points. Yes, it's West Ham away, but they deserved it because we weren't on our game. Now, my rant bit, I suppose, is again aimed at Klopp a little. And this sort of... <sighs> So two things that I'm just going to talk about, so, so, and, and they kind of, I suppose, touch on each other, is playing Milner at right back. I am, I'm, you know, when he had his season at left back and he was, you know, everyone said he was the best left back in the league, whatever, whatever, I was still a bit dubious, to be honest with you. I think, I thought even at left back, he slowed our game down and everything else. Not just that, he's a few years older now, so his legs have gone. We've got this young kid that had a chance in pre-season, looked well, you know, he's come in and he's played right back and he's done good. And that brings me on to my other point about 
the squad and Klopp's trust in the squad. This is another game where we've not been winning. It's 1-1. And we've ended the game with an unused sub on the bench. And it, it drives me crazy. And I know sometimes you can't change the, you know, it's a bit tight and you don't want to change things. But this is a game where we, you know, the last sort of 30 minutes or so, we were on top. We were bossing the game pretty much, I thought. All they had was a counter on us. And we, we, we finished the game with an unused sub. It, it drives me absolutely nuts. And I find myself, if I'm watching on TV, I'm screaming at the TV, like, why are we not using a sub? I just want to get, see what the other guys think um, about, about my rant, really. <laughs> I think it's a fair one. I saw a lot of comment on this on, on Twitter. And Shri, I'll come to you first. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this and, you know, Maybe Jurgen Klopp maybe having too much trust in some of the old guard, maybe. Um, uh, but I think it's largely down to you know obviously injuries and things like that. So I want to get your thoughts. Okay, so regarding subs, so Klopp's use of substitutions and me go a long way. It's like a terrible old bad sad violent love affair. If, if <laughs> that's a way of putting it mildly, I would say this is mildly. <laughs> So, so I, I, I am, I can see, see, I can see points, but the, we have seen him say often that he had no player who he trusted he could bring on. Obviously, we had Sturridge and he chose to bring on Origi. Okay. Somebody, Origi had the chance. So you could, you could again bring on the position. Origi was in the right place to create the chance and then obviously he flubbed it. Again, I think, I think the point is this is something he, he looked to have rectified this season, but I think now once the injuries have started piling up, it's quite clear he he names a 17 or 18 because he has to, not necessarily because he wants to use them. He's quite clear he's going to use. And also, I think it's also a period, Nina, where we, we have talked before, like in a five-week period we are playing, like or a six-week period we are playing five games. So it's quite content in terms of the load factors to enable players to play 90 games, sorry, 90 minutes. And he he obviously doesn't want to take, I think, I think Salah created a couple of chances. He didn't finish. Mane looked bright. Obviously, Firmino was clearly like uh, that was a fraud playing in the name of Firmino there today. So obviously, mm-hmm. he, had, he had to take Firmino off. He took Lalana off because he just had no minutes. Uh, I I don't know who he could have taken out in this specific game. I agree to the fact that he didn't use a substitution, and that's criminal when you're chasing a game. But in this particular game, I'm not sure. The only name I can think of is Sturridge, but he's not had minutes. And would you take off Sturridge for, say, who? Mane maybe, but he scored the goal. He looked, he has looked bright at least. He's looked very bright in the last couple of games, though. He's mm-hmm. quite clear. He's not just, he's quite clear and decided saying, it's quite clear he has a goal bonus and he actually loses money for creating assists or something like that. Because there's no chance in hell he's going to create any assists. At least it feels like that. Saleh, Salah obviously had a very quiet game, you could say, for 60 minutes. And but you know Salah, you he he just needs a minute, and we almost thought he scored. That shot was so typical of him. The for after creating that great chance, he shoots tamely at the keeper. So I don't know for this team or this game whether he needed third sub. But it comes to this overall argument. What he's been saying about whether he one he trusts some players too much, and he doesn't trust some players at all. Mm-hmm. And and we are now in left in a situation due to the squad depth issues due to injuries that he has to name players whom he would not play at all, and I think that's where we ended up. So there are going to be games like this if if 
our unfortunate situation continues he's still going to, what we know henderson wijnaldum are fit they are going to play the next game it's not that he was never going to play these two it's quite clear in the post match comments in even the live chat group we have discussed quite clear his plan was under the assumption henderson we have complained the whole season that these two should not play together has it changed no he was still going to play those two together so i think certain things won't change whether will it change i have no fucking mhm and steve i'm going to come to you um i think rowan made a point about you know maybe james mena looking you know a little old a bit a bit ropey a bit tired and of course you know when you're up against pacey wingers it's a bit of a recipe for disaster we saw um of course henderson struggle against leicester we saw uh, you know henderson for struggle for most parts, parts of the game and you know there's chat on twitter and even in our group um uh, about the use of camacho but this is like standard Jurgen Klopp right um you know he's not he's not going to risk a youngster in that situation given the fact that you know we are in a position where we want to win the league we want to establish some kind of league on top of the table further enhance it and go with the old guard the tried and tested yeah they might surprise you they might have a good game they might have a bad game but realistically I could not see Camacho start when you know it's taken him ages to kind of um bedding the likes of Fabinho and only now Keita is getting some games because of obviously as we've mentioned the injuries in the midfield I want to get your thoughts on this Yeah Milner is a cyborg I'm pretty much convinced he is he's not human so it's hard to compare him to other humans when it comes to his pace and his ability to run and include his age But as far as Jurgen goes with uh, with younger players I think it's hard to to, to make that argument that you know because If you think about it earlier in the show we were talking about how much we miss Trent and Gomez and now you're talking about two very young defenders mm-hmm. and I I can't off the top of my mind think of a team that has been challenging for a title where two players in the back four were both so young and inexperienced in Premier League matches so I mean clearly Jurgen doesn't tie age to trust so there must be something else that goes on in the training grounds or whatever it may be by which he bases or in the dressing room by which he bases his, his trust for players uh, that that we don't necessarily see that that's my first thought do you think the circum is a circumstantial thing because of course when he bought Trent Alexander he wasn't on top of the table with a league lead i i i don't understand a single thing that Jurgen Klopp does when it comes to players substitutions <laughs> and, 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 and starting 11 i i i have no but i've also come to to realize that no matter how much i disagree with every team sheet he puts out and every substitution he makes or doesn't make it's february he's top of the league and, and he's lost only one match and despite how great this city team is and everybody talks about it being the best team ever they're still behind this liverpool squad so clearly jurgen is doing something right even if i want to disagree with all of it and certainly i i disagree with malana and you know the the milner playing right back or left back or henderson going back there as well but you know when you're when you're a manager or when you're a coach at, at any level but especially at the highest level you build relationships with people and then you no longer see the player for what they give you on a match by match basis you see them through eyes of what they gave you a month ago six months ago a year ago six years ago whatever it may be and you fall in love with players for what they bring to you and your system more so maybe than what they do on an individual match by match basis this is not just clock if we think about city we're talking so much about city today 
Look at City and look at Guardiola's first season at City. Aguero wasn't getting any minutes, right? Jesus was getting uh, Jesus was getting all of the minutes uh, as the frontline striker, and Aguero was just sitting around doing nothing. And so there, there's a situation by which you have a player of extreme quality and extreme talent, and he can't even break uh, he can't even you know break into the starting eleven, or sometimes not even being used off the bench as a substitute uh, to try and help be a game changer. And clearly, we have no one as good as Aguero sitting on on our bench. So I mean, managers do this. They, they, they find the players they like and they work through them. It, would I like to see a, a deeper bench? Yes. Would I like to see Klopp use all of his uh, bullets in his gun, especially in a game that we're trying to, if we're chasing? Absolutely. But I would argue we weren't chasing the game. We were in, we were, we were drawing. We were in, the, we were clearly taking a point at that, at, 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 you know, in, in the second half. We weren't in danger of losing uh, the point. And if you bring on Sturridge or add another offensive player, and you don't take off Mane or Salah, then you're drawing, you're drawing from, your, from your defense. And so do we want to offer up conceding the one point that we have to go guns a-blazing for the three? You know, the fan in me says, yes, I absolutely love that and want that, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that the play that we, are, that we are putting forward dictated the need for that. Again, I think what we're missing right now is a lack of urgency. And say what you want about Milner, say what you want about Henderson, I mean... They're guys who play with a sense of urgency for 90 minutes, and they and they run and they and, and they, they do a lot of the, the the water carrying and dirty work, so the superstars can be superstars. And I just don't think it's so easy to swap those those players out. So I don't love it. I don't. I, I mean, I don't. And I again, I can't make sense of it, but I, I accept it for the reality of what it is. This is our squad. This is who we have until the end of the season. And either it's going to be good enough to be champions, or it's not. And the only only people that get to decide that is Jurgen and the, the 11 that he puts out every single week. And that's why when we get to Saturday, I mean, it's, it's essential that, that, that Anfield is, you know, completely behind this club from the very beginning. That's what they need right now is they need, again, a, a pick-me-up, and they need to know that the supporters are behind them, and the belief has to be there for everybody, regardless of who the 11 is. But I swear to God, if he starts Lalana with Divock Origi and, uh, I mean, like, I don't know, like, like who else uh, on Saturday... The, the, the meltdown is going to be atrocious. Rowan, I'll come back to you. You've heard what the lads have said. I'll let you have the final say. Oh, Sri, did you want to say something? Yeah, uh, just, sorry. Sorry to interrupt, Nina. I just wanted to add uh, one bit which I agree absolutely with what Steve said is I, I don't think it's about youth or experience. Obviously, it's about the skill sets they bring in. Trent had a skill set which he thought Klein did. So, there is obviously that's why Klein has gone out and Trent is the number one. And Maybe he wants sterile position in the form of Henderson. And after seeing today, I would say, why not? We, today, we had some players who couldn't pass it to themselves. We had such bad passing today. Mm-hmm. I would say I would say some passing at least. Because most of our threats came due to sheer bad, careless passing. All, most of the transitions were just due to negligence in terms of passing. So maybe he actually wants sterile position. Because in terms of skill set, Henderson is the number six. We have debated this to to Moon and back. Henderson should play in an advanced role. Why is he playing six? It's not Henderson's fault. It's it's Klopp's fault. Why is he playing at six? Maybe he actually wants just a recycling and sterile, but keep the ball. Maybe he wants that. And as as Steve is saying, we don't know that. We don't know why he plays Wijnaldum. Maybe he plays Wijnaldum because you know you can't get the ball of Wijnaldum. And he wants someone who can carry the ball 
just between the from one half to other maybe he wants a player like that he might not have the greatest of, he might not have the dribbling capability of say nabi keita but keita is also prone to losing the ball and maybe he just doesn't want to lose the ball there are a lot of games we have dominated possession held first of the season you know we held on to the ball we broke down teams and we didn't concede i think the problem is now we are conceding and we are not patient enough two of the things which worked in the first half have exactly not worked this half I think that's fair. Rowan, I'll bring you back in. Sorry about that for your little delay. Um, uh, want to get your thoughts, your response to what the lads have said and that you have a final th- say before we move on? Yeah, I, I suppose I, I agree with what both guys have said, to be honest. Um, I think the only thing I want to just kind of add is I'm not, I'm not hating on Milner. I think Milner's an important member of the squad. I think he plays a role in midfield. I just don't think um, at full-back, right-back, you know, he's, he's a valid option. I think um, Jamie Carragher, kind of came up with really good points on Monday night football tonight about where he's at out of position and um, he doesn't have the pace to get back and that, and that's fair enough I suppose he's filling in because we we have no other full backs again why did we let Klein go and I suppose the other point that I wanted to just sort of finish up on as well is um I thought Kate looked better uh, when he went in uh in a double pivot with uh, Fabinho I just, I just wonder if um I, I- I'm trying to remember if that was the position he played um, for RB when he was there, or if he played in a free. Because everyone's saying he's better in a free, whereas I think he looked a lot better and more comfortable. And what the limited play that we did have started going through him when he went into the middle with uh, with Fabinho. But again, great show, guys. Keep up the good work, and th- thanks for having me on again. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much, Rowan. Cheers, Nina. Thank you. Take care. Okay, um, so I think we're done with our caller portion. And guys, I think we should actually talk about Nabi Keita. Um, I think Rowan teeters it in quite nicely because I feel like he might be the scapegoat in town. I've, I saw him get a lot of criticism, a lot of bashing. And, of course, he started off um, the season so well for us. Um, it was actually the first game against um, West Ham, the opening game at Anfield, where Liverpool's midfield had nothing but glowing praise, certainly on my shot and all all the other fan sites as well, I assume, and everyone else that does this kind of stuff. And, of course, he was in the midfield three with, um, I think it was James Milner and Ginny Wijnaldum, and he played so well. I want, I want to get your thoughts on um, Naby Keita because I feel like there's an amount, a massive amount of expectation on his shoulder for him to deliver. And I feel like, you know, I've already seen people write him off saying he's shit, he should go. Um, I agree. I thought he grew into the game. I, I feel like he is that player. I thought he grew against Leicester as well. And I thought it was um, absolutely lu- ludicrous for Jurgen Klopp to hook him when he did. Um, but I feel like he has now been introduced into this squad and the team is not playing well. Um, obviously, there's loads of injuries. And I feel like all those things considered, we are relying on this player who is relatively new, who hasn't had an awful lot of game time in the grand scheme of things to really step up. And it's almost like a bit of a thankless task and a bit of an impossible task. I want to get your thoughts on this. And Steve, I will come to you first on this one. I want to get your thoughts on Naby Keita. I I think he's a brilliant player, so I'll just mm. put that right out there. I don't I don't uh, I don't get the UK newspapers, so I don't know or what, what or the UK uh, radio talk, so I don't know who's bashing on him. And I usually ignore that negative Twitter, so I don't really pay attention to any of that either. I mean, what I'll say is, without with, he hasn't had enough playing time, in my opinion, has a really solid run of games. Picked up a little uh, injury early on, I think hurt him just as he was starting to come to form. And if we look back at even Bobby Firmino when he first came to Liverpool, it took a while for him to sort of settle in 
uh, to, yeah. to the league and to his role with the club. And there were lots of people, including myself, who were quick to write off Firmino and what he could do for this club. And clearly, you know, that was a mistake on my part. And we've seen how valuable he is. We talk about wanting difference makers on this team other than the front three and wanting different makers that can come off the bench or even start for us. Navi Kate is a difference maker. And, I mean, there, you saw a little bit of, of that even in this match here. We talk about the, the chance for Origi, that he doesn't, uh, that sitter right there in the 87th minute or wherever it was. That's created entirely out of nothing by Navi Keita. Like, his ball control at his feet, his way in which he moves around. Uh, one player dribbles into draw the defenders towards him, and then a little chip over the top to send Origi in alone. I mean, that is beautiful play, highly skilled, that just not everybody can create within the midfield. Yes, people are going to point on the goal, on the, on the set piece, that he was at, maybe at fault for not properly defending the set piece, but if you go back and watch it, he was picked. It was a great play by, by West Ham. They ran a pick, and, they, you know, and so he wasn't even able to turn to take the defender. So, I mean, so, so be it. That's how it goes. I mean, I, I like him a lot. Him and Fabinho, I mean, I like them together, I think, whether uh, and the option of playing them more together, I think, is in Liverpool's best interest, especially if they want to necessarily win a title, because I think they're two of our best midfielders who offer two different types of play, but collectively, I think, are, uh, you know, can be spectacular. But I don't think we're going to see a lot of the two of them together because of Klopp's uh, lineup choices. I'd like to see more Navicaida, and I think the more you play him, the more you'll see what he has to offer. But Shree made a good point. He does um, turn the ball over a, a, a fair bit in the middle of the field, and that may be why we don't see him as much. Interesting. And I'm going to come to Shree now. Shree, want to get your thoughts, your response to what Mr. Joyology said there. And as well, let's not forget, we're talking about scapegoating and, uh, you know, Fabinho was one that got slated a fair bit at the beginning of the season. So I want to get your thoughts on Naby Keita because I felt like he grows into the game. With Naby, I'm so conflicted, to be fair. Uh, mm. I think, obviously, he, he's a player I rate a lot. I've talked about him a lot. I've seen him a lot at Leipzig. So he's a player I was thrilled that we signed. I thought we actually got a good deal. So None of those changes. As Steve said, him being a good player doesn't change. One of the things which we have seen often with Klopp is he bets in his players. Obviously, some players can settle in right away. Some players struggle. We've seen Robertson get in after a few months. We have, obviously, the best example when we everybody who wants to talk about Kita is we talk about Oxlade-Chamberlain. How his season just exploded post the December break. So, there are precedents when it comes to Klopp. With Nabi, the point is, I, I don't know which of it is true. He's done well. He's grown into the game is, is a fact. Nina, you just said it. He's grown into games. I don't know whether he's grown into games because of the minutes he's had in that game. Or is it because the opposition midfield is tiring? Because he's tried to pull off those same dribbles in the first half. It's mm-hmm. never come through. Yeah, It's never come off. We have just given the ball away, plain and simple. And he's not been physical enough to try and win back the ball. There are a couple of occasions where they won the ball and he just stood there today. At the cost of being hated upon, that's what I saw at least. I don't know, maybe I didn't see it properly. But there are a couple of challenges. I thought he would recover and at least chase the ball, try to win back mm-hmm. the ball. That's something he didn't do. Maybe he's Certainly not in the first it. half, he was but, yeah, very slow to react, yes. And it is something I've seen a lot. He struggles in the first half. It's, 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 it's what I mentally call myself as the Emre Chan scenario. Where where it's like his engine is at minus 50 when the game starts. 
and at half time only it actually reaches reaches a cranking temperature last the last temperature and season when he played for us we had this so often first half would be like so bad it's like you wanted to take him off and then he would grow into the game and we never knew whether it was him growing into the game or the opposition tiring and that's the same feeling i have with nabi i'm not quite sure maybe he needs he does need minutes there is no disputing the fact and this this season whatever he did i personally my opinion was it's going to be a bonus obviously it's a different league different kind of setup this he was coming off a 4222 and we started with a 433 then we went to a 4231 he's had constantly changing partners in terms of midfield a lot of factors at play so in the to sum it up i'm quite conflicted about nabi keita and i can see why klopp thinks he's not ready yet because in terms of at least with how we are defending transitions are a huge risk for us and and when nabi is not playing well transitions become a big issue because he turns the ball over hmm. now i i think that's fair um i think just watch our space with that one and i feel like he will get better i'm going to be patient with him but i think um i think all the concerns that you've all both raised are absolutely valid what i don't get is people saying he's dreadful he's terrible this you know he's a fraud of a player this isn't what i watched on youtube i'll stop watching fucking youtube videos then <laughs> do you know what i mean even i will look like an amazing footballer on youtube if oh. i have the right people editing me but that's another story for another fucking day well, right why, why why are we scapegoating though this this is the part that i don't understand about mm. the liverpool uh, fan base or the supporter base for, uh, for liverpool uh, you know why why are you scapegoating why is every time we drop a point again not even losing matches but every time we even drop a point it is an immediate need to find an individual person to blame like it's their fault that we lost points Therefore, if we get rid of them, we will never drop points again, and we will win every match forever. Like, why is that the the logical thought process in in supporters group? Like, why can't we just recognize that? I mean, they're a group of uh, you know human beings out there playing the sport to the best of their ability in, in an individual match, and sometimes things happen. It's not always someone's fault. It's not like Nabikaitis out till four in the morning in the dance clubs, right? And and then uh, and then you know uh, you know. not being able to perform the next day because of that or he's faking an injury so he won't go in and play you know like or, or, or whatever else like we've seen in the past with other players in, in a variety of clubs i mean he, he's a good player and if it's not him it's somebody else he said it was you know early in the season and i i mean often it's you know it's lobren or, or it's lalana or whoever or milner or whoever it may be but i mean why do we need to find a reason and 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 blame it on an individual person i mean get over it i mean you're you're top of the league you're in pole position to win the league for the first time in almost 3 decades and you're doing it against the greatest club that's ever been assembled or or team that's ever been assembled in the history of the Premier League why can't you get on the back of that instead of getting on the back of an individual player and and trying to write them off i mean it to me it's absolutely ridiculous No fair enough. Okay, I think we're pretty much at the end of uh, this show guys. Um before we go, um it's one of those days where, you know, the ref um completely made a hash of a decision. Luckily it went our way. We did score an offside goal, but before we go, you know, we've got to show some appreciation to Adam Lalana. Um I thought that was wonderful skill by him, you know, just the way he turned. Lovely, lovely, lovely skill. Um I'm not really going to focus too much on his performance because um 
again, you know, he got hooked pretty early. Um, I feel like he's one of those players that isn't up to the speed or standard of everyone else. But he did okay today. He did okay. But sometimes in these games, you need to be more than okay. I want to get your thoughts on um, just the skill. And uh, Shri, I'll come to you first on this one. Just your thoughts on Adam Lallana and the skill in general. I'm just happy there was a byline which forced him to turn in. Otherwise, I was worried what was going to happen there. But yeah, turn into Rosette. <laughs> it, it, it was that Pep, Pep Guardiola always used use the byline as your friend and all. And Lalana was like literally following that using the byline as a friend, using as a marker <laughs> for his cry of turns. So. And on a side note, how blind was that linesman? Like seriously, like come on. I think I think even he was shocked. Lalana pulled it off. I think I would just blame it on his skills there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think I think he did okay. And in this, you, it's fair to say he should have done more. But there are far more players who had far more minutes and played horribly bad. And so I don't I don't actually have anything to yeah. complain about him. Mm, yeah. I think he did his job. He was clearly not match fit to play ninety minutes. But obviously, we could see his. Gags will love this. I think Gags will bring up a special news stat about his solo presses, where he just makes a run without anybody else. No care in the world. He would just go and chase his man, one man to another. I think Gags would make a special stat. I'm I'm just hoping for that to come up. But yeah, no complaints as it is. There are far more worse players today than than to even pick on him or talk anything negative yeah. about. Him. Yeah, I agree. No scapegoating there, in, in my opinion. And what about yourself, um? Uh... Steve, your thoughts on just um, Adam Lalana's skill and, you know, maybe just um, him starting as well and your thoughts before we close this pod off? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's good enough to be part of the starting 11 for mm-hmm. a title uh, a title chasing team or a team that's in first place and looking to hold on and, and win the title. Having said that, over the course of an entire season, you need to have players who can come on and do a job for you for 30 minutes or for 60 minutes and you have to be able to trust that player to do that job. And I'm very happy that today Adam Lalana did that job. And so if he can be a guy who can do a job for this team along the way to help them get across the line, then then that, that'll be a huge benefit. But if you're looking for him to be the difference maker or, or to be the playmaker that arranges and sets up all the goals and, and, and goes to the next level, I just don't think he's that player. But for what, what he did for us today, I think he did he did a job and, and that's all we can ask of him. And if that's all we're asking, then we should be happy with what he did. Yep, I think that's fair. I think we kind of discussed all the key talking points in that game. I don't think there's an awful lot much that we could talk about there. Um, guys, we are at the end of the Nina Kaza show, but this pod um, is all about closure therapy. So your last thoughts from the game before we close this pod off. Shri, I'll come to you. Anything we've not discussed, anything you just want to say, get it off your chest before we finish. Yeah, since you said closure, Nina, I always close with, you know, the same thing. Man of the match, Bobby, for me. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Even I'm looking at you like, oh, God, Shri. Bobby's you know? worst performance in a shirt for Liverpool. Yes. That was fucking hell. That was not even fucking Bobby, I'm quite sure. But he was singing his sea senior song from the stands. I'm quite sure that was fucking fraud playing. It was dreadful. Uh, what about yourself, uh, Steve? Um, any final thoughts or points you'd like to raise about this game before we, we can't talk about it ever again? Well, seven days ago, I, I left Canada. It was minus 34 degrees Celsius as I got on an airplane, and there was a meter and a half of snow. Uh, 30 hours later, I got off the airplane in beautiful, sunny Australia, where it was plus 34 degrees Celsius. Um, 
I know right now it feels like minus 34 degrees Celsius for Liverpool fans, but I can tell you something. It's a short plane ride away from plus. It's all good, folks. We're not that. We're where we want to be. We wouldn't want. We wouldn't want to be in City's position right now, trying to chase City, being down points, hoping that they drop the rest of the season and that we can win the rest of our games out. We're exactly where we want to be. We're in the home stretch. And we are in the league and inside our own. That's. Okay, well, um, there's Steve showing off casually. I was just going to finish this part off by saying, you know, I met Steve Hanavaro and Andre Agassi, but I will take all that back. I will give him no compliments as such. But, you know? Nina, Nina just, just one thing though. Continents change, temperature changes so much, but you and your love affair with the drought never changes. You know what? I'm fucking sick to death of them, okay? Can we not do this anymore, people? Um, Guys, thank you so much to the pair of you. I'm going to quickly bring Gads in so you can talk about Discord, and then we're pretty much done. Gads, tell them. I don't even want to talk about Discord, to be honest. It's all right. Just stay away from everything right now. It's just a pain in the ass. Everything, Everything's horrible. Everything's hurting. So It's not. It's, it's not. not the rules lost. I don't care what anyone says. No no doctor can work on my joy. It's fucking ruined. It's ruined. You know, you right know what now. was the final nail in Gags' coffee? Let's do Gennaro casually supporting that. That's it. The only, the only thing. The only thing. The only thing that brings joy. Right now, to gag is three points. So the only way Joy's coming is on Saturday, if they get three. What points. about on your driving license? Does that count? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not good. Gags wants three points. That's what Everton will give City. No problem. <laughs> It's not the first time we wanted the Everton to do us a job, right? Oh, and they... fucking Everton aren't doing jack shit. And the exactly. shit. I, I, Let's I, I, not forget, I, in 13-14, they had a chance for Champions League football. All they had to do was beat Manchester City. And you know what? They practically bent over with no knickers. The worst thing is, the worst thing is, our game in hand is against those twats. Old toilet. <laughs> Man United. Who haven't lost yet under this manager. And it's just like, why? Why does this shit happen? Like, why does everything turn out to be shit all the time? There's such a chance of being 10 points clear in that game. And it's like all going to shit. Like, Liverpool, seriously, always, always have to make it so hard for us to have some fun. It doesn't matter the order points in it only matters the number of points you have at the end you want to bet it doesn't matter it matters <laughs> when it comes to bloody pressure it matters all the you know, time you know no no listen to me listen to me listen to me linda linda shh listen honey right? honey chill yeah, so basically <laughs> what happens here is right what happens here is when there's when you're in a title race that game in hand this is what happened. We we had all those points in hand and we were ahead and, and City had all those games in hand and they they came and won from behind. Yeah, they did it. This is in 13-14. But we had to fuck up for them to do it. Now, if they get ahead, I, it's gonna be, I know I said they will drop points and stuff like that, but the way we're playing, it looks like we're going to consistently drop points. It looks like we're going to consistently. So you know who that 10 you- points would have been lovely. Yeah, I agree, but who gave you... You know what, we were 
we were trying to be positive and you you know like you just sucked me back into the darkness you know what be quiet you know what liverpool it is what it is let's see what the lads are made out of let's see what they're made out of i think truth bombs it it. they don't hurt if if everton win i'm quite sure they'll want marco silva sacked i'm quite sure forget like literally if you win against city they'll want them gone i'm like how dare you give liverpool a chance to win yep <laughs> it's almost like that shit i'm so depressed i you know what stop 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 <laughs> i'm not going down here i'm not sleeping on this negative nancy uh, 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 but don't get me wrong i ain't no fan who's going to dress this up as well i'm just neutral it is what it is guys thank you so much for listening i know that was probably a hard listen a huge thank you to our callers and even bigger thank you to all the people that joined us live you are fucking brave because i would not sit up and listen to me i wouldn't <laughs> but i'm sure it has everything to do with my two awesome panelists a, a massive thank you to shri a huge thank you to steve janara who will be featuring more on anfield index podcast tweet him harass him bully him into submission make him make youtube <laughs> videos because he does look like canavaro and agassi i said it i stand by that so guys thank you so much for listening keep the faith we're gonna beat bournemouth up the reds Podcast Network.